Blog Talk Radio. as uh, some of our students coming out of our colleges. 
And so it was just a wonderful thing to see. And on top of that, the uh, work and the time and the commitment that your organizations have provided last year to uh, our startup a technology mentorship program at, at the colleges was was just outstanding. The the level of work, the level of attention and time put into it, it was really impressive. And uh, you know, I just can't speak enough about uh, your work. Well, thank you. Thank you for that, Wu, and um, I'm sure everyone in the BDPA family appreciates that as well. Now, uh, your career field as an internship liaison and career advisor, how did you get started in that area? You know, David, that's a question that a lot of people ask me, and, um, you know, it's kind of a funny thing. I think a lot of times uh, we don't always choose our careers. Sometimes our careers choose us. You know, a part of me really, really connects um, with the students and the job seekers or career searchers that I meet because I have been in their shoes in many different ways. To kind of share my own journey uh, with everyone who's listening, um, you know, although I've been working in the career development field for about 10 years now, prior to that, I was someone who had switched careers twice. I was someone who had also experienced layoffs, and I was someone who had to switch cities and, you know, for family reasons or for career reasons and had to really reinvent myself each time. And uh, and I'm sure you can relate. You know, each time you, you know, you enter a new environment, you're having to prove yourself over again. You know, if you switch cities, employers or the contacts you have uh, from one city are not going to be in the new place. So each time you're having to reinvent, reprove yourself, rebuild, or start building new bridges. And so I really, really identify with anyone who, you know, wakes up one day and and is, is struggling or, or really, really, you know, encountering difficult personal challenges because uh, they're struggling with their career. So that that's kind of how I got into it. Um, my second career, just to kind of walk everybody through my journey, my first career was actually working in film production uh, for through most of my 20s. And then there came a moment in my late 20s where, you know, the dream that I had of working in that field, it had kind of been accomplished, but it wasn't what I thought I wanted to be, that I thought it was going to be. So I decided to uh, get into something new. Um, and uh, there was a organization that uh, I looked into. They were doing a lot of work around employment training. Okay, huh, that sounds interesting. And so I got into employment. I started working with three different youth, two different youth programs and one adult program, which involved uh, providing employment training skills, GED training, computer skills uh, to all the participants. And so it was a social service agency that was uh, providing a lot of this programming, and so that was the start of my second career, uh, working in the not-for-profits. I did that for about four years, and it came to a point where I was like, okay, I like the work. It's very altruistic. I enjoy working with others and helping them to develop. But, hmm, the not-for-profits, there's not a whole lot of money in this, you know, for really being honest. And so that's where I started the third phase of my career, which was uh, getting into sort of the business side of things. Um, so I uh, relocated to San Francisco at that time. I worked at Salesforce.com and was exposed to, you know, kind of the technology culture for the first time in my life and pretty much the business culture. And since then, 
I've been working along the career capacity where there I was supporting the IT recruiting team there. I continued that after having to relocate to Atlanta for family reasons. And later on, um, I joined a university, um, you know, with my current employer, doing a lot of the career counseling, development of internship programs, things of that nature. So I like to tell people all the time, I started out my career doing what I wanted to do. Then I did what I thought I, I should do. And I finally ended up doing what I needed to do. <laughs> That's the long journey. Yes, yes. I um, I, I look at that uh, in very similar fashion, and I pass that on to my son. I, and I tell him, you do what you have to do until you do, can do what you want to do. So um, all throughout, yes, all throughout life, there's sacrifices all around, all at every stage. And you seem to have transitioned each one of those phases very well. So congratulations to you and continued success on your journey there. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you. And, uh, you know, just so you know, David, my father was like you. He didn't <laughs> he didn't approve of the journey. Um, but, you know, as I've gotten older and, of course, we become more like our fathers, I realized the old man was right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Now, now, as you, as you've gone through this journey, and I saw, I see that you were able to make corrections along the way, and as, as you as you journey through each one of these careers to find what your real passion was, and I, I know you're doing extremely well with uh, with the children and the kids at at your organization, and 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 I know they appreciate that. What are the some of the common mistakes you see and misconceptions you uh, you notice around uh, the technology corner, and uh, you're you're specializing in the technology area. Uh, am, am I correct? Yes, David. Yes, absolutely. Great question, by the way. I think um, I think one of the major issues that I see among college students uh, that, that I often work with is they haven't done a lot of research on their field. So, for example, I work with a lot of students who are coming out with information systems degrees or or, or a degree in uh, networking and communications management, and, and even some of the, the design degrees. Um, there seems to be a misconception that, okay, just because I paid for a degree and attended class that, the world is going to magically open up and I'm going to get, you know, these huge paychecks coming on a biweekly basis. And I think, you know, you and I and Jacqueline can identify that's not true, you know. So I, I think uh, one of the, the key things that uh, all students, um, not, not just college students, but anybody who's trying to enhance their career is to realize that, you know, we have to, we owe it to ourselves that if we're going to, invest time and energy into uh, a degree or if we're going to spend time and energy into uh, studying for a particular certification, we have to understand what the results of this are going to be. So, you know, re not researching their field and their career options, I think, is one big, big thing that I see that, you know, quite honestly, you know, when I see it, it really concerns me. Um, another another common um, error I see that I think is quite correctable in the same way is by just doing it is uh, by is not networking. 
again, it, it's very hard for us to achieve goals in our life or to, you know, get access to new careers or to meet the right people if we're not putting in the time and effort to, uh, you know, basically, you know, to position ourselves to meet the person who's going to invest time and energy into potentially mentoring us or to meet the person who's going to tell us about a wonderful internship opportunity at their company or just to meet somebody who's willing to have a 30-minute honest conversation about, you know, let me hear what you're about, okay, and let me honestly tell you where I think you're at, you know, why I think you're on the right path or not, you know. So the mentors that we run into or encounter in different parts of our life, right? So I think it's really important that that all individuals realize that, okay, if I want to be successful in a career, especially those that are in college, um, I have to research my field thoroughly, uh, and I also have to be out there meeting people and networking. Absolutely, absolutely. And those are great points, Wu. And I think that's something that uh, young people have, have still yet to embrace, that uh, uh, that thought pattern. And that just comes from their environment. They're, they're not around enough individuals such as yourself, Jacqueline, and myself, and the BDPA community and Technology Expresso to get that feel to understand how they need to approach their career and that it takes a certain amount of self-investment. And, yeah, there are challenges fun, uh, money-wise for everyone, especially when you're young. Uh, you don't have that pool of money sitting aside to just go, hey, I'll join BDPA <laughs> or I'll join some of these other nonprofits. But um, uh, getting in touch with the right individuals um, uh, is, is certainly a right step in the, uh, in the step in the right direction. Jacqueline? Yeah, I just want to add to this, and, and valid point, and, and just an opportunity for people to understand one of the things about Atlanta BDPA. We do have student membership, so there's a way for you to step in, and it's $25, so we're very cognizant of uh, young people and their budgets. Um, but, you know, I want to say that to say, and I'm sure other organizations also, so ask about the student discount, but step your toe in the, the water. I think with Atlanta BDPA, we always welcome young people. We always uh, welcome students, uh, college students. And we kind of, it, it, it's a, a good first step because we'll kind of nurture you and help you, especially if you're feeling uneasy. Uh, we very quickly take young people under our wings. So don't be intimidated. Um, come in and you'll, you'll find a lot of friendly faces. You'll find a lot of welcoming faces because, you know, the, the one of our models of Atlanta BDPA is from the classroom to the boardroom. So we are set up just to do that, to help with that nurturing. So don't think that you're going to be under a spotlight or get embarrassed. Come on in, and, and we'll we'll even coach you through that process. But but I'll let you get back to, to Wu. <laughs> well, thank if you. If I could add one. Go ahead, Jeff. If I could uh, add ahead, one Wu. thing. Yes, I, w I was going to say this, you know, I think $25 to join a a professional organization is an outstanding value. And uh, as someone who's observed uh, the, the college program and the high school program up close uh, that the BDPA sponsors, again, participants are gaining, you know, professional insight from uh, those working the field successfully. So they're being mentored by professionals. They are learning technical skills to be competitive in the job market. 
And last but not least, they're they're engaging in a culture of positive growth. You know, and I think uh just that that just you know, having that individual mentorship there, learning uh key technical skills and engaging in a, a positive community where, you know, you're working on teams, you're learning to tackle problems and think you know, develop your critical thinking skills. I think that's a great value uh, for anybody to be a part of, you know, student, a working professional. So to, to David's point, you know, it, it, it really is about investing in yourself. You know, we invest in the way we look. We invest in what we drive. We invest in, you know, how to entertain ourselves for a couple hours a week. Why not invest in something as important as our career? So I, I think it's, it's a wonderful investment to make. Thanks, Wu. Um, now, if you could, uh, let's talk a, a little bit about being a career coach, if we could. And um, how do you stay informed uh, of, of what's going on and some of the trends in uh, in technology? How do you stay up on top of everything that's going on in technology and that helps you steer uh, your students in the right direction? That's another great question, David. I stay on top of trends the same way that I think any uh, person who's serious about their career uh, should be. Uh, because I'm, uh, I'm working with college students who are looking for opportunities in technology, I need to be able to advise them in an effective way. So uh, some, of the, some of the activities I engage in is I will watch, I will attend actually a lot of meetups. So for people who have never been to meetup.com, um, it, it's a... It's a social media site that actually encourages individuals to come together and meet, and there's a lot of technology activity on there. You know, there are uh, user groups for particular tools. There are particular um, groups for for certain uh, programming languages. Um, and then there are uh, groups that come together for certain aspects of technology, such as cloud computing. So there's a whole lot of uh, different types of groups that I think people can engage in, plug into, so I attend a lot of these uh, just to stay current. Um, other things that I think, uh, other activities I think that are important is to read. You know, we now, you know, our, our phones or our tablets are not just for playing games or, you know, keeping up with the latest gossip and entertainment or watching a movie. They're great tools to quickly read information, read a lot of articles, uh, you know, if, if people have not used this yet, you know, Google Reader, Tap2, some of those tools out there that allows you to read particular, you know, receive certain feeds or read certain types of uh, articles. I've found those uh, areas to be great. And last but not least, I encourage anyone who has not done so already to kind of shop around for different organizations that you want to be a part of. So tonight we discussed BDPA, a great organization to be a part of uh, on one hand. And then there's a lot of other organizations that may specialize in certain aspects of technology or certain aspects of development. You know, so I encourage uh, your listeners to, to, to engage in those activities as well because as a career coach, while I'm not a pure technologist who can learn fully every, every programming language out there or every aspect of networking, um, I attend these events and I keep up with certain things or watch the events on YouTube if I can't attend just to be able to understand the field uh, from the outside looking in as well as to understand its vocabulary and some of the, the important trends going on. And and so I think for, for students or 
for uh, you know working professionals who are looking to enhance their career, these are great things that anybody can plug into. Absolutely, thanks. Well, yeah, and as a matter of fact, there's one that I found last year. It was called Meetup, and there they have a lot of different groups just about all across the country where you can engage individuals in those particular career fields if you have an aspiration to be a developer or a coder or work at, work with some particular hardware. All across the board, of tech, not just technology, but just about anything, even in the medical field, if you have an aspiration to be, become a doctor or a nurse, those type of groups are out there. So uh, to all our listeners, go to meetup.com. Uh, register there and look for some groups in the area or specialty that you uh, would like to get engaged with, Jacqueline. Uh, okay, and, and so I want to tie, tie that conversation and this conversation into uh, will, your advice or your thoughts because, you know, people have to understand there's one thing to join these organizations, but it's also important once you do join or, or uh, attend these organizations, you don't necessarily stand in the back of the room. Can you share your thoughts about finding mentors and, and finding projects? What, what, what's your recommendation, and why is that important? Great question, Jacqueline. Great question. And, and uh, you know, again, I think this applies not just to college students but to anybody in their career. Um, you know, I, I forget who said this, but I think we've heard this saying in many different ways. If, if you're just leaning on yourself, you're only going to be as good as yourself. If you're surrounding yourself with people who are better than you, smarter than you, or more developed than you in, in certain areas, then you're going to become more like them. It, it forces you to step up your game. It forces you to, it, you know, you're in an environment where you're learning from them. You're picking up information. You're picking up leads. And it just encourages you to to want to develop further. So, I think uh, speaking to, uh, you know, being at a professional organization is not just about, okay, here's my $100 due, I've joined an organization. It's really about attending and being part of that culture. Uh, while you're there, not just sitting in the back of the room. And, and I'll be honest with you, when I go to some of these meetings, there are individuals who just show up. They sit in the back and they go home. Then you see individuals who come in, they shake everyone's hands. They introduce themselves. They get involved in the activities going on there. They'll, to the point where maybe they're coming early and volunteering. They're getting involved in the special interest groups that are going on or some of the specialized trainings. And really what it shows is passion. You know, it shows passion for wanting to be in the field. It shows passion for wanting to connect with, with the senior-level professionals. And people are and those types of professionals have the opportunity to observe this person doing work, you know. So that kind of individual is the one that's going to hear about job openings because they're proving themselves already. They're going to have the opportunity to build the relationships. They're going to have the opportunity to have some of those sidebar conversations to the point where maybe a lot of the people who are there are going to volunteer to mentor them. So, I think it's really important, again, not just to to pay a membership due and say, okay, I joined a group, I can throw that names group on my resume. It's more important to get involved there and invest in 
in, in giving to that organization because the, the ultimate return is going to be so much greater than, than the money that one puts in. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. And well, you mentioned projects. I'm sorry? No, go right ahead. Yep. Yes, uh, you mentioned projects. I think um, these kinds of organizations are wonderful places to find projects. So, for example, at the BDPA last year, um, I, I know BDPA actually does this every year. You have your uh, Learn by Doing group to redesign the website for the, for the upcoming year. And, you know, it's a wonderful opportunity for the participants to work on an actual technology project play the different stakeholders um, within the project that have deliverables um, and to simulate a, a, a full technology project. So, you know, that, that's something that I know the BDPA does. Um, I've also seen other organizations that where students or working professionals will come together to maybe develop an application of some sort, you know, just to kind of build a portfolio or maybe even to sell, to put themselves on the market. Um, you know, but I think by attending these types of, uh, you know, organizations and meeting like-minded folks that also want to develop, one is going to naturally discover projects or find people who also want to work on projects. So you find people, you find team members to start a project on. Uh, and also some of the mentors someone runs into may have, uh, you know, additional activities that they're doing on their own that they need help on, you know, you know, and if, even if it's not projects, you know, it could lead to, you know, why don't you visit me where I work? I'd love to allow you to job shadow. You know, watch me, what I do. I'd love to introduce you to my team. I'd love to maybe meet, introduce you to a person who might have an internship coming up. So, you know, the, the benefits of getting involved and, and seeking out projects, I think, you know, it, you know th those kinds of environments are very conducive to that. I do want to add one more thing. I think all of that being said, it's really about the the careerist. Um, you know, the more proactive you are, the better you are. So even with uh, someone that you would like to be your mentor, let's say, okay, if you're looking for the other person to drive your career, that's not going to happen. You know, but if you're somebody who says, okay, I want this person to to you know help me develop but I know that this person is extremely busy and, you know, I want them to take me seriously. Therefore, I'm going to come to them with ideas. I'm going to come to them with the type of project I want to develop and why I think it's going to force me to develop these kinds of skills. So, again, going back to uh, everything we've been talking about, it, it's about positioning yourself to, to uh, you know, meet the right people, develop the necessary skills, and really doing activities to and being proactive, really. That's, I think that's the key word, being proactive about your career development because those are the people who come across as passionate and those are the people who are going to ultimately be most successful. Fantastic, fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, we're speaking with Young Mu, um, internship liaison, technical recruiter, and career advisor. And let me tell you, He's been doing a great job. Thank you, Wu, for sharing this information with us. And to our listening audience, if you're out there and you want to ask a question, press one on your tell on your keypad, and you'll show up, and we'll give you the opportunity to ask Mr. Wu a question. Jacqueline? Absolutely, absolutely. So, so thank you again. So I, I want to ask a, another question. So we've been talking about what they, they can do 
Um, and, and thank you for mentioning the, the, the projects that we do at BDPA. And just to let people know, we're, we're open and recruiting for the 2014 year. We're going to have some new projects coming up, some enhancements, and even uh, need someone to help us with the content management of the website. So our new president for 2014, uh, Derek Brown, actually is looking for volunteers. So please visit the Atlanta BDPA website. Uh, if you're interested in signing up for one of those projects, uh, getting connected with a, a mentor. So I did want to mention that since you, you mentioned that as, as well, Hewitt. Um, the, other, the other question that I wanted to kind of bridge over to is let's talk about the process of kind of when you're looking for that job, you're, you identify maybe even an employer that you want to work for. And, and I like the way you kind of phrased it one time. It's kind of like courting an employer. Can you talk about that that process and, and, and lay that out for our listeners? I think you have a great way of putting that. Okay, absolutely. I want to make sure that I understood your question first. Um, were you asking um, how do we go about identifying employers to work with uh, for for our students, or were you talking more about the job seeker and how they should call an employer? Let's talk about the job seeker. Okay, okay. I think the job seeker can court employers in, in many different ways. And um, some trends I'm noticing in the job market right now, you know, be, you know, based on the feedback I'm getting from students, based on um, some of the employers themselves, and also what I've been reading. I've noticed that there are some key trends going on in terms of, of how employers are going about evaluating candidates. Um, one big, big trend seems to be people are looking more closely at uh, a, a candidate's projects or their portfolio. So, um, you know, going back to what we talked about a moment ago about working on projects, you know, your resumes are important, but resumes can be, you know, pretty much you and I can pay a couple hundred dollars to have somebody do a resume for us, right? You know, so... Resumes are, yes, it might get me a phone call. You know, what a lot of people are doing, though, to differentiate candidates nowadays is they also want to see some sort of proof of work. So, for example, if somebody is uh, interested in becoming a web developer, they want to see a website that was built, you know. They want to see, okay, what what was the thought process that went into, the, you know, the front end and the back end, you know. Uh, you know, they want to see samples of code that was written. Uh, they want to see samples of, you know, maybe some maybe some some testing documents that they had to develop to ultimately test it. So, whatever it may be, people want to see proof of of somebody's work. You know, so something that the resume just does not have the space or the time to convey. Long story short, people want to know: Can you actually do this type of work? Have you actually, you know? Did you just absorb it in the classroom or read about it, or have you actually applied it in a practical kind of way? So that's one big trend I'm noticing. Um, another key trend that I see employers uh, engaging in is they're looking to, they're, they're strongly evaluating uh, communication skills. So on the front end, if, if, a job, you know, if a job seeker is getting a phone call, you know, again, the resume looked nice enough to give somebody a phone call. 
while they're on the phone, they're, they're looking at a lot of different things. They're listening for, does this person communicate effectively? Meaning, if this person was sent, you know, if I'm a recruiter, I'm pretty much thinking, am I going to look stupid sending this person or am I going to look good? So it's really important that, that everyone knows how to uh, communicate effectively verbally on the phone. You know, and some of the things I always recommend people do is to make sure you're in a quiet environment when you're receiving business phone calls. You know, making sure you're not cooking or there's a baby around or a child running around. You know, or the people that uh, one lives with or, you know, our significant others or even our children, that they know how to answer a phone properly. All those kinds of things. You know, so they're listening for, 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 you know, can this person, if they're even hired by us, can they represent us in a professional manner? The next thing they're evaluating in terms of communication is I've uh, noticed that another trend in interviewing nowadays, of course, not a new trend, but something that seems to be more important than ever is the panel style of interview, where uh, the candidate is not just interviewing with their potential manager, but you know, you might also be sitting with a, you know, not just in addition to the manager, maybe an indirect manager or somebody that they're going to have a guideline report to. Um, they're also meeting with um, potential team members and maybe even their peers in other departments or internal customers. So long story short, um, in that type of environment, they're looking for somebody's ability to, to you know, communicate effectively face-to-face. Uh, does this person have good interpersonal skills? Are they do they project a positive personality and a spirit of cooperation? So all of those interviewing types of um, you know I think dynamics um, come in as well uh, in terms of communications. Um, last but not least, I also see employers uh, looking strongly at okay, you brought us a portfolio or you know samples of work. It was very good. We also brought you into person. And, okay, you passed the behavioral interview. Now, there's another uh, trend that's going on. People are giving um, candidates scenarios or simulations to complete. So, for example, if somebody's a programmer, um, you're applying for a role, and it's, they're stating they want a C++ programmer. So you come through there, the interview goes great. The second half of that interview or maybe a follow-up interview is going to be, okay, here's the situation. I want to give you one hour to write code to resolve this application's needs, you know, or resolve this technical challenge. Or if you're interviewing for a role as a business analyst, I would like you to come up with a scope and the business requirements in 30 minutes. You know, we're all going to play the different stakeholders, compose this in 30 minutes. So there's a lot of simulations going on as well, which really, really look at one's critical thinking skills, problem-solving skills, and their ability to facilitate uh, different types of personalities. So uh, I know that's kind of a long-winded answer to your question, Jacqueline, but hopefully that that answers your question. Well, thanks, Lou. And now, in in, in some of the communications we've had prior to the interview, you mentioned an, uh, a concept that you had called the first 90 days. Could you uh, ex- expand on that for us, please? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that it's really important for candidates to to uh, differentiate themselves um, from from others you know, right off the bat. So 
what I mentioned about what I meant by the 90 days is to you know before you even meet an employer, uh, ideally you want to be able to define you know help them to understand. Ideally, here's what I would do in my first 90 days. Okay, and you know not telling them what you're going to do in the first 90 days, but showing them that you are you know that you're forward thinking, that you have researched their company, that you have researched the you know their department that you understand some of what their key challenges could be, and here's what I would do within my first 90 days. You know, so some of the areas that could be covered in, you know, under that area, of course, is to understand how an organization works from the high level, right? You know, you know this, every step of the way um, from, you know, how business is generated to how products or services are delivered and everything that happens in between. I also think it's important that, the candidate is able to convey that um, that they're going to be effective uh, working across the organization in terms of communication. So just kind of uh, helping, you know, the employer to understand, here's what I will do proactively to make sure that I understand who, you know, uh, the key leaders are going to be. Uh, here's the steps that I will take to understand, uh, you know, how their departments work and what some of their key challenges are. And, you know, and, of course, understanding how does that impact the way they work with our group? So all of those kinds of things, I think, are, um, you know, some of what should be covered in the first 90 days. Um, last but not least, um, having some goals or milestones set for yourself to understand the nuts and bolts of the position itself. You know, so, any, of course, there's probably going to be training or developmental activity that the employer is going to provide. But I think a lot of this, you know, sh- showing that you have, you know, have a uh, flexible plan in place uh, to work with their, you know, for yourself, I think it shows that you're proactive, that you're thinking about this not just as a job, but you're really trying to, you know, you're you're positioning yourself to have a career there. And that's really what people want to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Wu. Um, Jacqueline, you wanted to add something? No, you know, I'm just, you know, as as I'm listening to you and, of course, as our listeners also are absorbing all this this information and insight that you're you're providing. You know, I, I have to think to myself, it's like you can just tell how complicated actually uh, the job search process and and getting that specific job, especially if it's something uh, that's popular or uh, with a, a company that is uh, has a great reputation. You're going to have a lot of competition, and it, it sounds like you know even from some of those trends that you laid out. Um, they're they're really diving in and expecting a lot more, even from the interview, you know, from the onset, you know. So it just goes to show people have to be prepared. They have to understand the interview process. Um, it's not something that you can just um, maybe fly by the seat of your pants. Absolutely. So yeah, and, and I totally agree with that. And uh, especially de- especially dealing with young people, it's really a, takes a lot of effort to get them out of their comfort zone. There's a lot of this, a lot of this experience that we're talking about, that we was talking about here. Uh, it, it just doesn't fall off into your lap, and you don't. There are those diamonds in the rough that come through our through our programs and through Wu's programs, I'm sure, that are ready. They're ready for the next step. But there are more of those that are not ready, those that sit in the back of the class. And it's a real challenge to get them involved. Wu, how do you how do you reach out to those individuals that sit in the back of the class? How do you get them, get across to them, and get them and help them developing 
their interpersonal skills, and their communication. How do you approach them with that? What I do with each person uh, who who comes to uh, you know comes to us for assistance with this, uh, the first thing I will do is I like to hear somebody's story. You know, I want to hear your journey. Uh, you know, who are you? You know, what what made you want to come to school? Uh, what made you want to pursue this particular degree? What are your expectations? So I really like to, uh, on the first, you know, the first time out, just to hear somebody out for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Just let them get off, get off their chest, whatever they need to, and just to help me to understand where they're coming from. Um, from the, as we're doing that, I'm also beginning to get a strong sense of, you know, you know, how does this person go about communicating with others? Uh, how does this person go about, you know, how does this person view their challenges? You know, um, what is this person's self-esteem like? So a lot of those other types of aspects are coming in. I think learning to communicate, um, you know, and learning to be proactive, proactively communicating with others, I think that's not something that, uh, you know, we're all naturally just born with. Some people obviously have a gift of gab, but I think the the best way to to get better at it is just to do it. You know, so we, we talked earlier about, you know, attending networking events or attending professional organizations, you know, attending meetups. You know, there's so many ample opportunities for one to to go out there and just practice speaking to people in a professional environment. You know, when we, you know, we all have experiences. When we go to these events, we're going to meet a lot of people, right? Everybody shakes hands. They introduce themselves. Maybe they trade business cards. Maybe they hold a conversation, you know, and maybe they agree to follow up with each other if there's a point of interest with each other in terms of, of uh, you know, something that they, you know, are professionally developing together or whatever it may be. But, you know, the only way I think to get good at it is just to do it, you know. Um, obviously, I, we, we talk about, uh, you know, having a message about yourself, a story about yourself, or as we say in business parlance, a pitch, right, the sales pitch. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think really it's about uh, being willing to communicate with another person, being willing to share your story. And, you know, if you're passionate about what you want to do, if you're going about it in a positive way, somebody's gonna, going to, somebody out there is going to uh, respond to you, you know. So, you know, I, that those are some of the ways that I've employed, um, you know, in, in encouraging others just to kind of get more involved. But at the end of the day, I really think it's about each one of us developing fully as a person, you know. So, and, you know, we see this in IT a lot. Um, somebody who's a great, great programmer, you know, you, you, you put them, you give them a, you know, set of requirements, you have them go out and build it. Maybe they come back to you a couple of days. A lot of it is it's done well. Maybe they struggle with, hmm, you know, the communication skills. Or, well, you told me to do it this way, and 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 that's what I did, right? So you, sometimes you have personalities who are good on, on one side, but maybe their communication skills suffer, you know. So someone like that, uh, you know, again, it, it's about learning to be more well-rounded, you know, or or people who are maybe great analysts who may not understand the technical domain well. They have to learn the terminology and their processes and 
and, uh, you know, the development life cycles to get a better grasp of that, right? So I, I think it's the same way. I think to the, to the young man or woman that's sitting in the back of the room, um, you know, maybe not willing or afraid or just you know, feeling uncomfortable, I would encourage them that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's not about who immediately around you and how they're going to react to you. It's really about your long term. You know, if you're afraid of something and you don't feel good about it, why not just face it? You know, if you're afraid to, of, of, of talking to groups of people, start standing up and asking your questions. You know, start with simple things like that, but the, the best way to address challenges is just to, just, you know, just to dive in and do it. You know, that, that's the best way to get over any fear, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, just, just wonderful advice. Again, we were talking uh, with Wu this evening, uh, a professional career advisor and coach, um, and, and seeing things from a, a lot of different angles and, and really appreciate uh, you sharing it. And, and let's talk about young people because, you know, piggybacking up for your question, but I want to ask from the perspective when they go into it from the beginning, picking their major and career, um, sometimes that may be the, the first thing that they, they haven't given a, a, enough thought. Um, what are you finding as far as young people and, and maybe hastily picking uh, careers or maybe concepts that they have about technology careers? I, I know you talked about them, them doing their, their homework, but what are, what are some maybe common mistakes that, that you're seeing uh, with young people? I think a common mistake I'm seeing um, is choosing something because you think it's going to make you a lot of money. And all of us know, okay, money does not buy happiness. You know, it buys us nice things, but it does not buy us happiness. Um, and quite honestly, um, getting a technology degree will not necessarily lead to a lot of money. You know, people, who, you know, I, I often think uh, when people are choosing degrees, they're in love with an idea of what they think it is, you know. But when when one actually investigates what this job entails, okay. So, for example, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I run into this often with students who are, are studying um, game programming and design, you know, video game programming and design. They all love video games. They like sitting there, you know, playing um, some of those popular titles for hours, challenging one another, you know, the graphics are exploding in front of their eyes, the sound systems are great, the action that's going on, they're absorbed in it, right? Playing that game and actually designing that game are two extremely different activities, you know? So you and I know one is a form of engagement and, you know, it's entertainment and leisure. It's something designed to make us enjoy the experience. The other involves a lot of logical thinking, a lot of problem-solving, a lot of critical uh, thinking, a lot of organizing things into into uh, you know into procedural actions. Uh, you know, so it involves a lot of logic, math, critical thinking, and so you know th that's something I've seen as a disconnect a lot of times. Um, you know, just thinking that something is one thing and discovering that it's something else. You know, so not not again going back to not researching a field properly. Um, other, you know, disconnects I see happening. Because they hear that a field is hot, 
they go into it without really understanding, um, okay, what are the positions available in it? So, for example, if we take something as broad as computer information systems, right, we all know that, okay, what you and I know, in computer information systems, you can be a programmer afterwards, you can be an analyst, you can be a tester, you can get into project management, you can get into administering databases, so on and so forth, right? Um, and, and all of those involve, you know, certain types of skills or certain types of specializations. And often what I find is uh, if someone hasn't really kind of, again, done their homework to really understand or even experiment to figure out, okay, huh, will, will I really like programming, you know, or, or really understanding, you know, uh, would I really like, um, you know, reading over documents or, or, or writing out uh, statements for somebody to develop. You know, going back to, you know, maybe I should start with this, and I'll kind of start uh, this point over. I think it's important in your career to build off of who you already are. So step one, you know, if we're talking about solutions, I think it's important for students and even those of us who are no longer students who want to uh, change careers, we really have to evaluate who we are, you know. So some of the tools for doing that, um, you know, there are personality tests out there, right, right. You know, some of the more famous ones like MBTI, uh, and there's free versions of those too. And I would never advocate somebody make a full career decision just based on what one of those tests say, but it gives us a reference point maybe, you know. The other thing that I ask everyone to do is to do a thorough inventory of yourself. What kind of jobs have I had? What did I learn on these jobs? Um, what did I really enjoy about these jobs? Which kind of environments did I succeed in the most? So, so that starts helping us to formulate what kind of environments we want to work in and what we really felt we were good at. You know, so I think choosing a a major and ultimately choosing a career, it should really be based off of you know a what you're good at. You know, and B, uh, you know, activities that you, once you've identified that, activities you've done to kind of uh, acclimate yourself to that environment, such as maybe an internship, job shadowing somewhere, you know, going and interviewing at least three people, I say, that already do that type of work for a living to see if it's the right thing for you, you know. So those are some of the things that I think um, students or even career changers who are, who are you know, already uh, older and working, can do to kind of test the waters or, or kind of do, you know, evaluate themselves to understand if something is the right decision for them. You know, if they if particular degree is the right thing or if they want to invest time and energy into, you know, becoming some, you know, another type of, uh, playing another type of role, right, changing careers, they really need to do that evaluation first uh, prior to investing time, money, and energy. Almost a... Somewhat of a self-awareness. Yes, yes. Uh, self-awareness, David, perfect word, you know. And, and, again, going back to, you know, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I think it's going to make me more money? Or am I doing this because it's actually something I enjoy doing? And when we look at people who are, quote, unquote, successful, and if we're going to equate that to money, you generally find that there are people who are passionate about what they're doing. So, 
yeah, being self-aware enough to know if, if, if you know, if that is something you really, uh, something that you would enjoy on one hand, and second, if it's something that meets your skill set, right? So I would never uh, encourage a, let's say a high school student is has gotten Ds and Fs in, throughout high school in math. You know, let's say he or she just does not like math or science. If that person wants to be a game developer, they're in trouble, you know, because the skill sets don't match. You know, if he or she is uh, intuitive, they, they're creative, uh, they're great at, at organizing visual, uh, you know, organizing thoughts into visual images, um, you know, and you have a creative streak, then maybe something like designing would make more sense. And then for, for somebody who wants to work in, in on games, they could be a game, um, you know, artist, you know, or a graphic artist, right? So I think, again, it's going back to, um, you know, what what do I actually like and what am I actually good at? Those those have to align when choosing a career. Absolutely. And, and, and I wrote down, I love what you said, build off of who you are. I, that that was really powerful. I, I, I like that. Uh, and, and one of the things I, I want to actually, I, I I can completely relate to what you're saying because you're right. When young people think that it's, you know, they look at what the salary uh, requirement or range is and that's what their deciding factor is, what they're going to find is when you get in that job, um, every job there are, are pieces that, and, and people hear me say, I love my job. I love what I do. I love at what's at the core. But there's always those tedious parts, those parts that you don't like, that are frustrating. Um, but yeah. because I like, you know, 90% of what I do 90% of the time, it gives me a reason to get up in the morning and to give my 200%. Because you are not going to make that top dollar. You know when you look at that job range and everybody thinks they're going to make that top range, the six-figure on up? You make that because you love what you do, you're passionate, you give 200%. And your employer is paying you for that. So if you think you're going to be mediocre or just do a nine-to-five or just get by and think you're going to be at the top of the range, you misunderstanding. You, you, we've got a misunderstanding. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. So I, I just wanted to kind of illustrate exactly what you were saying, Wu, um, because I, I think that people are misguided. Um, it's very different when you make good money doing something that you love because you love going to work. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the money that you make, you know, that's, that's even gravy, you know. So, you know, that I love the problem solving, the solutioning, the results, the uh, knowing that I've served my client and given them what they needed. I love, you know, meeting my project requirements um, and knowing that I'm part of creating that blueprint. I love that. So, um, you know, make sure it's something that you can be passionate about. And I loved all the different ways that you gave where people can go out, job shadow, volunteer, find a project, uh, make a project. And, and, and I'm going to actually highlight even yourself, Wu, is that, you know, you and I have exchanged knowledge around business analysis, um, and I, I've watched you and, and I applaud you because you use the tools. Um, I not only shared with you what they were, but you've found ways every opportunity you get to incorporate those. So you're, you're kind of living and, and really ingesting, you know, the, the trade and the, the tools to, to get a feel for them. 
um, to, to make sure that, and, and once they become natural to you, you know, you, again, these are different ways. It doesn't always have to be, I've got to get a job to learn something. You can learn and apply things before you even get the job. And then when you go to the interview, you've got that to use as an example, uh, you know, to, to share with your, your future employer, hopefully. So, so I just want I, 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 thank you for letting me, me just add to, to what you said. Uh, but, uh, you know, always, always great point. Um, let, let me ask my, my last question, because be, believe it or not, 60 minutes have come and gone just about, so we, we've got to oh, look wow. up at wrapping up here. But, you know, great conversation, great dialogue. Um, and, again, if we have any listeners on the phone, if you just want to push one, uh, we still could take one more call. And, um, you know, I know that people will also listen to this in archive. Um, and please feel free to write us. Uh, we intend to have... Woo back, so uh, send us your questions after hearing tonight's episode, uh, and, and when we get them back, we'll make sure that those questions uh, get asked. But let me ask my last question for tonight. You know, I have to think that, you know, from a coaching perspective, um, with young people and all the different people, because you, you meet non-traditional students, too, that you help, uh, it has to be rewarding uh, as well. And I wanted you maybe to share maybe one of the success stories or, or a story that you're particularly proud of uh, a, a, in your role as a, a career coach. Do, do you have one that you could share with us? I, I'll be honest with you, Jacqueline. It happens so often. Um, I, I, I I pretty much stopped uh, tabulating them. Um, it, uh, you know, just just because it happens so often. Um, if I had a point to. I guess everybody kind of remembers their first uh, person. Um, when I was working in the youth program in New York City, there were a couple of students who, uh, the majority of students that I initially started out working with were really struggling. So um, there was one young man named Mark who was very quiet, was like the person that David uh, was uh, bringing up earlier, sat in the back, never said a word, had some speech impediments as well. Through working with him, uh, you know, just providing him with the the one-on-one guidance, helping him to develop some, you know, functional job searching skills, um, you know, investing time and energy uh, into, you know, not just building a resume, but teaching him how to express himself verbally to others and do so in a positive way. Um, how to kind of tap into what what not just what employers want, but what all of us as as individuals, you know, how we like to be communicated to, how we like to be treated. Um, Mark ended up not just gaining a job, uh, but he ended up getting a job with that with our organization. Um, he ended up uh, representing us at future student events. He also um, ended up being the sort of the go-to person when, when uh, you know, some of the leaders of the program uh, needed to deliver a message to students but needed a student to do it, you know. So he's somebody who really, really blossomed. Uh, just he stopped being the person who sat in the back and was quiet. He came dressed every day in that suit and tie. He started sitting in the front, started expressing himself. So he's somebody that's always kind of, uh, in, my, in my memories, he's somebody that's always stood out to me. Um 
working with uh, college students, again, there's been so many people that that we've worked with who, you know, the, the emails that come through, hey, I got that job, or, you know, thanks, you know, for, for everything that, that you uh, shared last night, you know, uh, I aced the interview, you know, all of those kinds of moments always, you know, kind of, um, you know, bring back the reason, um, you know, that I'm doing this. Um, you know, I would, the, the thing that I would say to everybody is this, you know, as bad as it seems sometimes, you know, in, in careering or, you know, you may feel stuck or lost or you're unsure of what's going to happen or maybe you're at a point where you lost a job and, you know, you're having a tough time finding that next opportunity. The thing that I ask everybody to remember is that, you know, this is not, this is, doesn't define you forever, this moment. This is just a detour on the road that you took, you know. And I think our, our careers are a lot like um, they're, they're journeys, you know. Um, if we if we plan ahead uh, and carefully, if we've done our homework to know, you know, which road we're going to take uh, and where we're going to stay or stop along the way, our road gets becomes easier, you know. At the same time, um, you know, kind of using the journey, you know, if if you put too much time and energy into just thinking about what road you're going to be on and you're just looking directly ahead and, and forgetting to see, you know, some of the views along the way uh, or, uh, you know, stopping by to acknowledge what's going on, you then kind of become that worker bee who kind of forgets to engage with people. And that's not a good thing either, you know. Um, I, I think that careers are, you know, even though, we, you know, you have in mind what you want to be. I think the most interesting thing about careers um, is the journey along the way, you know, the experiences you have. Maybe because while you were seeking out an internship, maybe you didn't get an internship, but maybe you met a really good mentor, okay? He or she maybe couldn't give you an opportunity, but they agreed to to meet with you once a month and share with you their experiences and, and you know, provide maybe some developmental projects for you. And through those types of experiences, you, you, you find a person who's not just giving you a project to work on, but a person who's sharing, you know, their life experiences with you and sharing with you what's made them successful, you know. So, so you know, along the way, we meet people. You know, we, we run into people who are kind of the, the, the roadmaps. You know, I'm sorry, the, the signs along the way, you know, and they steer us into, you know, even better roads or directions. Um I also think that sometimes, uh, you know, a lot of people early in their careers at least, they're always looking for shortcuts or detours, you know, or trying to get that quick fix, you know. How often do we know people who quit jobs after six months or a few months there because they want, oh, well, they're paying me a little bit more over there, and, and, and they're burning a lot of bridges along the way, right? So I think it's important to remember that, uh, you know, as one is building our career, it's not just about, you know, immediate income. It's also about building the relationships, making sure that uh, one is making the moves when they're ready to make a proper move, you know, um, and, and absorbing everything you can, asking all the questions, learning from everybody. You know, that's really where the growth happens, you know. Um, you know, if we think about, like, uh, you know, like, you know, again, I, I think it's when we look back at our careers and places we worked, it wasn't about the awards, you know. It wasn't about the um, you know the titles we held. You know, we remember the people we worked with. We remember 
you know, the moments where, uh, you know, we discovered something great about them or we were working on a project together and, and we resolved something together, you know. You know, and I can equate it sometimes. If you're on a vacation, you know, you may be going through Grand Canyon and you might have got lost, but maybe a stranger helped you. So, yeah, we've seen the picture of the Grand Canyon a million times, and when you get there, it is pretty, but the, the thing you're going to remember from that trip to Mills is that person you met, you know, that kind stranger who led you back onto the right road. You know, so I think our journeys are just, on, of our careers are a lot of times the same way. You know, it, it, it's even though it's sometimes painful, it can be really, um, you know, frustrating at times or we get lost along the way. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it, it's occurring because, you know, we're learning something at the time. You know, we're, we're learning about ourselves. We're learning, okay, I need to approach this differently. Or, you know, um, if, I, if I've been trying to do this all on my own, well, guess what, I need to now start asking for help, you know. Or my way is not working, so I need to start tapping into resources and people who, quite frankly, are much further ahead than I am. You know, so we have to humble ourselves. And careers can be very humbling experiences. I think we've all had those experiences. So I just, you know, just kind of want to want to to kind of end it with to the listeners that you know it, it's it's a journey. Um, again, wherever you're at right now, if it's not a good place, it doesn't define you forever. It's just a stop along the way. It's a detour along the way that you've experienced, you know, a flat tire, you know, but um, you're going to get back on the road and you're going to continue to move ahead. Uh, for those of us who are already successful or already have achieved a goal, I think for, 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 for them, we have to remember that, you know, okay, you, you've reached your destination. You've achieved your goal, right? So, yes, enjoy it, celebrate it. But remember that the end is just another beginning. You know, once we start a new job, we have to learn new personalities. Uh, we have to be trained to do our jobs effectively. Uh, people, you know, managers who we got along with, worked well with, they may move on to other careers and or other positions or maybe gone, and somebody new comes in. So, you know, life has changed, our careers change, and I think the people that realize that and continue to develop themselves and, and, you know, even though we have our jobs, not just resting on our laurels, but continuing to develop ourselves, continuing to participate in organizations, continuing to even give back to others who are trying to do the same thing, it makes us better at what we do, you know, especially if, if you're mentoring or teaching somebody something, you know, you're going to have a tough time doing it if you don't know what you're talking about. So I think giving back also makes us better in what we do. So I think it's an ongoing journey. You know, we, we, we reach goals in our lives, and if we want to be success, excuse me, successful, we are people who are going to continue to challenge ourselves with new goals, you know, and, and develop ourselves further or take on new challenges. So I just, you know, challenges come in different forms. Sometimes they're imposed upon us. Sometimes they're, um, you know, they come out of the blue. Sometimes they're created because maybe we made a bad decision. But ultimately, the way we respond to it, that's in our control. And, and that's ultimately where we develop and, and grow the most, is in how we respond to challenges. Thank you. I, I just kind of wanted to, to pause there because that, that was really some a lot of powerful and heartfelt, you know, that even, like you said, um, what I could really relate to is that 
I can remember when you come out of college, you think you have it all figured out, and you think you're just going to walk this straight line. And I, too, have had, you know, those challenges. I've, I've been laid off. I've been in upsizing and downsizing. Whatever you can think of, you know, being in IT, IT and, and something you said, you know, your career will humble you because what you think, um, I think everyone has that twist and turn. We can say Donald Trump always hasn't been on, on top. You know, he has hit rock bottom Ooh. a couple of times, but, but bounce back. And so I, I think that, and, and something you also said, is that when you're coaching and mentoring others, you know, actually your experience kind of gives you credibility because you can say to them, I've been there. And I think that that's even for those who are listening, whether it's to the, the recording or tonight, I, I know that someone will get some inspiration that, you know, they, they may feel like they are getting be frustrated or things aren't going their way, and I know that they will hear it, you know, from you, and I said this from the onset that you, you really, your heart is in it, you're passionate, and you really care about the, the, the young people as well as all the, the, the people that come through your way that you've coached and, and advised. So, you know, um, they're, they're very lucky to have a woo, um, those who um, have had you as their, their coach, and also to those tonight, very fortunate that you've now had an opportunity to, to hear the advice that, that Wu, he's really collected a lot of information um, and is always willing to share it. And so I, I want to say thank you. And then I'll, I'll turn it over to David to kind of wrap us up for the night. Yes. Hyun Wu, everyone. We've been speaking with Hyun Wu, internship liaison and career advisor. And we'd like to thank you, Wu, for sharing your insight. And as Jacqueline said, I know our listening audience and young folks alike coming through the program now will appreciate all the knowledge that you shared with us here on Technology Expresso Radio. Well, thank you for having me, David and Jacqueline. Um, it's been a pleasure. And uh, if people have questions, uh, they're welcome to contact me. Uh, I can be contacted uh, via LinkedIn uh, at Hyun Wu, that's H-Y-U-N, last name Wu, W-O-O. And, uh, you know, if, if they Google me, I should pop up um, in Atlanta. My uh, Twitter account is Wu in Atlanta, I-N Atlanta, and uh, I'll be happy to answer any questions anybody has. Yes, thank you, Wu. And also, everyone, if you want to reach Wu, uh, you can also email us, and we will provide you that contact information as well. That's going to wrap it up for us tonight, everyone. Thanks for joining in to another edition of Technology Expresso Radio. Join us regularly um, and visit our website at technologyexpresso, that's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-O dot com. Check out our archives and listen to this one here with Mr. Young Wu again and as many times as you like, and as, as well as our other episodes in our archives. So thanks, everyone. Good night, Wu. Good night, Jacqueline. Good night. Good night. Thank you again. Thank you.